opportunity to chat with Maggie Andrew over Zoom video. Maggie's from Nova Scotia in Canada. She talked about growing up there and how she got into music. She has a funny story about wanting to learn how to play saxophone in the school band, and she didn't think her hands were big enough. I guess there was like a hand <laughs> requirement to play the saxophone, so she didn't think she could do it, so she started to play flute. She talks to us about that. Her brother made his way in the music scene, and he's a big snowboarder as well. Uh, so her brother really got her into music. He brought her home. He, he's older, so he would bring her home like Ramones records, Hilary Duff's Christmas album she talks about, Black Eyed Peas. So he exposed her to a lot of the music she listened to growing up, and she ended up moving in with him when he moved to Los Angeles. She tells us the story of how she got to L.A., very traumatic she went through a lot to to get to Los Angeles, and she has an incredible story. You have to hear about it from her, so she'll tell you all about it in the interview. And she talks about her trilogy of music videos and songs coming out. She's got part two out now. The first song that came out was called Honda Civic. The second one that she just released is I Love Me, I Hate Me. And she had the opportunity to go back to Nova Scotia to shoot the music videos for this trilogy. And she talks about the therapeutic aspect of it, how, how therapeutic was to her, returning to the roots of some of these big issues that she had uh, growing up. So definitely check out the I Love Me, I Hate Me video and the first part of the trilogy, Honda Civic. And you can watch our interview with Maggie Andrew on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be incredible if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Maggie Andrew. Our podcast is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Love it. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, first off, tell me where you, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born and raised uh, in Nova Scotia, which is like a small province on the east coast of Canada. Nobody okay. really knows what it is, but that's where I was born and raised in, in Halifax. I mean, like that's the capital of that province. So, what was, you know, what was it like? What was it like there? Are you on, you said east? Yeah, it's east coast. So like snowy over near Maine and New York. It's like that area kind of. Okay. That's the two closest states, I think. But um, yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was fun growing up there. I mean, I didn't really know anything else. I never got to go on a plane or anything until I was like. 10 or 11 or something so it was kind of like that was all that I knew I mean I had lots of friends there and it's just it's a good place to grow up I mean there, there's no like violence or anything mm -hmm. it's not really that type of place it's very rural very just kind of country vibes you go play yeah. in the field ride bikes with your friends until the street lights come on then you go home you, you just go to your friend's house knock on the door and That's see cool. if you're home yeah so yeah I love that yeah. Um, were there like did you go check out music anywhere with like venues to play or um that's like in that city, people don't really stop on tours there. Like, I mean, the first show I ever saw was Hilary Duff. She came there when I was five. And really? I was like, oh, I was like, oh my goodness, like Lizzie McGuire's coming here. No way. <laughs> That's so I mean, cool. Ocean. That's so random. Um, but people, it's a lot of just local music and, uh, you know, not people don't really go there because also the population's kind of small. But sure. Hilary like, Duff, would, my first Hil song. Yeah, Hilary Duff came there. That's huge. That was amazing. That That's was really the very first concert I ever went to. And 
blew my mind. I was just like, no way she's actually here like in front of me. I still have the poster from the concert where she, she signed them. It's in the back of one of my bookshelves in my mom's house. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so you actually have a signed poster from from Hillary Duff. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, if there was another if another band came through or would they like a bigger artist, how would you go see him? Would you have to travel um, quite far? No. Well, usually people they'll travel to Toronto or, ah, okay. or to Montreal for the shows. Some people do come to Halifax, but not a lot. Like ASAP Ford came there when I was 15 or something. Mac Miller stopped there, which was really That's weird and like dope. very cool. Yeah. Um, but from that, I mean, I know Justin Bieber before he really popped off. There's a music festival that they used to have there called Summer Rush. And I guess mm -hmm. he performed at that. And I was wow. Like, yeah. So, I mean, there's been some people who were there before their stardom, which is kind of cool. If you saw them before, you know, they broke yeah. out. That's but, cool. Yeah. You just travel to go to the shows. You just fly to Toronto and you go there for the weekend and then come back. I wow. never did that. but So, yeah. So it's like a big thing. Like if, you, if you're going to go see a show, it's like. It's not like yeah, you can just go down, in. can't go downtown and go see whoever, right? Yeah. Wow. Not like that at all. That's cool, though. So talk to me about how'd you get into music? Um, I mean, music has always kind of been in my blood. Um, my older, one of my older brothers is a musician and he was a snowboarder and he did all this stuff. And then when I found out, because he's like, he's my stepbrother, but he's so like much older than me. He's just my full brother. So when mm -hmm. I found out, they told me that cause I never grew up with him or anything. Cause he's older, moved out, gone on his way. They were like, you have another older brother. And this is all the stuff they do. I was like, no way. He's not going on tour in Japan and like being in the Olympics and doing all this. So I was like, that's fake. You're lying to me. And then I met him and I was like, Oh my God, like this is real. I could do that. And then I just kind of tried to like follow in his footsteps as much as I could. I mean, obviously doing my own thing, but he really introduced me to, to music in a sense where nobody in my family is really musical or anything, you know, not growing up. My parents don't really know that much about music or anything, but uh, my brother, his name's Trevor. He gave me my first MP3 player. He bring us CDs when he came to visit from New York. It was like he, my first CD from him. It was like a Fifi Dobson CD. Um, then the Hillary Duff Christmas album and a, <laughs> and a, and a Ramon CD, like oh, that's rad. and a black eyed peas CD. The, one of the first CDs they ever put out. I remember I had those three or those four and I would just listen to them on loop. And it's a really weird combination of music, but like, I loved it. Cause my brother gave it to me. I was like, he knows what he's talking about when he's like, sure. He's older this than me. And does he still it, perform at it at all? Or is he still um, in, in the, in the industry at all? He kind of does everything, you know, he doesn't snowboard like he snowboards for fun now, but not competitively anymore. So he moved from that. And now he's mostly doing art. He, oh, he cool. designed Gucci, like Gucci Ghost was his thing. So I mean, he's doing a lot of more art based things now, but he's still making music and doing whatever, you know, keeping creative in all the aspects. And that's kind of what I like to do myself. Yeah, that's cool. So so he was a big, a big inspiration for you. But how did what, what was the first Thing you did musically were you in vocal lessons or no. choir or like i mean i did i did sing in the choir as cool you have music class i don't know if you have music class in america in school growing up but you'll have if you're lucky if, if you're lucky yeah so you have a music teacher in elementary school growing up and you know she, she'll play guitar and you sing like puff the magic dragon and then you learn just a little bit about music theory to 
so that kids learn rhythm and then you do your Christmas concerts and that stuff. That's yeah. cool. Um, I definitely would listen to CDs on my little jukebox thing in my bedroom. And then I just sing to the music and, you know, it was never like my parents weren't like, Oh, do you want to do piano lessons or guitar or, or any of that? I never did any lessons, but we did get a piano in the house because growing up, down the street an old piano teacher was just giving away one and my mom was like oh that's down the road we'll take it so then we got a piano in the house totally out of tune like it was out of tune for i think the first six months that we had it but we'd play it anyway so because that was there i was like i'm gonna learn how to play this so it came with some little books and stuff and that's the first instrument that i really tried to teach myself i'm not amazing at it but i do know how to play around with it mm-hmm. a little bit so i mean that's kind of the first instrument that i started with and then Moving from that, I mean, I did play flute in the school band for two years. I wanted to play saxophone, but I got scared because uh, when you do, you have to do band tryouts or something where they look at your hands to see if they're big enough to play the instrument. And my hands are huge. My hands are giant. I didn't know at the time. So I was like, oh no, like they're going to tell me I can't play saxophone. So I'll just play flute instead, I guess. So I never got to play the saxophone. Just because they would, they would come up and, and like, what was our chart? They're like, okay, put your yeah. hand on this, this, this line is for saxophone. This one is for flute. <laughs> Just because wherever your hands have to be positioned on the sax, you have to be able to reach. But I didn't know at the time that my hands are actually like, they're as big as my head. My hands are huge and my fingers are very long. So I could have played the saxophone, but I just got scared to be like, can I do it? So I just picked the flute because anybody was allowed to do that one. Oh, you didn't have a ha- you didn't have a hand tryout for the flute. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, going, I dropped out of band because, you know, you're playing classical music and like nothing against classical music. But I reading the chart music got really hard for me at one point. And I was just like, you know, I like singing and I want to make music. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Keep in mind at this point, I'm like 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Then I get to junior high and we have this thing called rotations. That's That got cut from the program now. They stopped funding it, but I was lucky enough to be a part of that when I was in junior high. And in your rotations, each semester you would do cooking, art, or music. Or, or there's one other one, but anyway. Mm-hmm. There's a guitar one and mu- that you learn how to play guitar in the music rotation. So every Friday or whatever for 30 minutes you go and uh, the teacher will teach you how to play guitar. And that's kind of where I was like, I really love guitar. I want a guitar. And because I was learning it in school, I remember going home and I told my parents, I was like, I really want a guitar because I, this is something I can teach myself to play because I'm learning it in school. And then I kept learning at home. So that year I got my first guitar for my birthday. And, wow. And, uh, yeah. So since then, you know, I've just been playing and the, the teacher, it was my seventh grade homeroom teacher, but he also taught the eighth grade rotations um, for guitar. Every year I still reach out to him and I just send him a huge thank you letter because without that, I don't think that, you know, I would be where I am now with music. He really, everybody kind of hated that teacher, but because he was, he was strict, but I just thought he was the coolest thing ever and learning guitar at school. It, and just in a class mm-hmm. was so fun. And uh, I that's don't think so, I would have bought guitar if I wasn't learning it in school. So that's so special. I'm sure he gets, he's stoked when he gets those letters. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. The what emails a, what a reward. Yeah. He was, he was pretty amazing. I mean, that was a big introduction into actual music of writing songs, learning chords and kind of, you know, 
turning the poems that I used to write into songs and then going from there. Um, you know, I never used to like perform in the talent shows in like elementary school or junior high, but then I moved to a new school for high school. So I was like, nobody knows who I really am here, like mm -hmm. what I can do. And Clean uh, slate. Yeah. So even, so my, even my parents, they didn't know that I could sing. Nobody, anybody who does anything like artistic or creative or whatever in the family, I mean, we don't really talk about it. So I have older brothers. One went in the musical for Phantom of the Opera or something, had some crazy dance solo. And we didn't know he could dance. He was just like, come to the musical. And we came and then he just, <laughs> him, and we're like, what? Like, this is so cool. So then when it was my turn, I did, uh, there was, they had this thing called Lockstock that they model after Woodstock. And uh, I just went to the tryouts. I was like, I don't know, like nobody knows what I can do or if I'm good. So I went to the trial and then I sang, they were like, like what the heck like you're amazing I was like all right cool they're like you're in and I was like, all right great so I go home and then the night of the talent show I remember just telling my parents like you guys should come and then they came they, did, they didn't ask what my talent was or anything and <laughs> like oh you're in a talent show I'm just gonna show yeah. up yeah, so <laughs> and I sang in front of you know however many people were there it was like a packed we had a cafetorium so it was like that was our cafeteria and there was a stage in there for when there'd be performances or whatever so okay yeah, so I was in there and that was my first live performance where, you know, everybody found out that I could sing and play guitar. And from that, I was, I was scared. I was like, what if I mess up? Are they uh -huh. going to have at me? There's a video on YouTube. I, because they started, I sang Jolene by Dolly Parton. What I was going to ask you if you did a, you must, if you did a cover original. Um, the first talent show I did, I did a cover. Um, and then the second one, they were like, please do two songs because you're just rocking. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I did like my rendition of an MGMT song and I did, and I did an original song. So cool. I was like, all right, let me just do it. And they loved it. And it was just, it was a cool moment where people realized that I could sing, but nobody knew. I wasn't like the theater girl going into the classroom being like, oh yeah, like I can sing. <laughs> it was just kind of like a little, little hidden thing that people found out that I, they knew I love music, but then they were like, oh, you're talented. I was like, yeah, and you can write songs, too. That must have been another huge one that people didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, I always wrote a lot of poetry. English was my best subject in school. So mm -hmm. it's a lot of, obviously, I'm like a teenager, sad, depressed, all these things. I'm always writing things down, writing poems or whatever. Then when the music thing came into it, I was like, oh, these poems can just be songs when you find a way to, to turn them into something. So it kind of just, I flipped that and then started writing songs. Okay. And after these, these talent shows, what, like, how did you get to Los Angeles? I mean, how did you start a career in, in, in this? Um, this is <laughs> such a crazy story. So when I was 17, um, I moved out of my house. I like, ran away from home in the middle of the night uh and then i was living with my boyfriend at the time that relationship was big garbage doo-doo worst thing ever bad choice anyway but so you i was don't living know, 17 right i mean i was 17 he was 21 weird time weird time <laughs> I was still in high school like trying to graduate i had to switch schools and everything it was a big mess but um oh my. during that time i was so sad because you know at my home life uh everything was just going bad and then i wrote this song one day literally right before I had to go to my shift at, at work at the coffee shop called Tim Hortons. Um, 15 minutes, I just sat down and I just sat with my guitar and I wrote this song called Start Over and I recorded it on, uh, on a voice note and I sent it to my, to my brother, Trevor. And he was like, 
this is like really good. You need to get out here. At that time, they were just moving from New York to LA. So they were doing that move and they're like, when we get there, just come out, we'll fly you out, come, come stay with us and just hang out and we'll, you know, I'll get you and with some people, you gotta just record this song. So that's kind of how, how I got to LA from, from there. It was a couple of times back and forth before I ended up out here because and it, like the way I ended up moving here was a total fluke. Like I was still dating the boyfriend that I had at, at that time. And uh, I went back home, then came back. And then the second time I came back out here, we had, we broke up and I was like, shit, like I don't have anywhere to live if I go back there. I had nothing. And mm-hmm. I told my brother, he was like, we'll figure it out. Like, just stay here. And then that's kind of, we got on the phone with the immigration lawyers and started figuring out, you know, the visa and like what it would take to stay here. So we did figure it out and uh, mm-hmm. that's how I ended up here. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so even when you went back, I didn't, I figured, I didn't know if like when you went back, if, if like your parents let you back in or whatever, but it sounds like you just, yeah, your, I your mean, brother really kind of said, all right, yeah. I'll just take, scoop you up. Let's yeah. get out of that relationship and let's do this. Yeah. It was really, uh, really amazing. I mean, I moved, I moved out because like, I was molested by my dad for 10 years. And that's kind of, I was like, all right, can't do this anymore. Got to move Oh out. my so gosh. I, so that's how all of that happened. And it's re- like, it's just a really crazy story. And people are like, oh my God, like, how are you doing this? And because I don't want to have a bad life. So I just have to like, keep pushing. So I, it's like, I have a good life, even though all that stuff happened to me, like it happened for a reason. And if it didn't happen, I wouldn't have the things that I have to write songs about now, you know? So wow. In a I way, am so sorry. It's whatever. Oh, <laughs> my, my life gosh. is way better now. Yeah. Wow. Way to yeah. I mean, at least geez, you're able to turn it around and you're doing awesome things and you, yeah. you, know, you have some awesome songs out. Oh my goodness. So so okay. So you get to LA with your brother and uh you had that one song and, and you did you record it in like a studio? Like and he he was in you know snowboarding and music and he must have known. Mm-hmm some people obviously yeah. in the industry to kind yeah. of get you in like tell me tell me about that part yeah, he's very immersed in the art scene and so is my sister-in-law so i mean from my brother's time living in new york they were over there for the better part of 10 years and then they moved to la so you know doing everything like you know people and uh trevor had introduced me to one of his friends he goes by yeti um he's now like doja's right hand man producing wow. a bunch of records but the first person I ever recorded with was was Yeti in his studio and uh that we went and we recorded the song start over uh it never actually came out Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, you know we went and it was it was a really special time we were just it was my brother uh Yeti and I the whole night and uh, we were in there till like 2 a.m just just trying to build up this song and that was the first in-studio experience that I had ever had and just looking back on it, it was just a really special time because it really opened up a lot of doors from from that moment where, you know, I wrote the song in a bedroom in Nova Scotia before I had to go to work. Now I'm in LA in a studio recording it, you know, a couple weeks later. Um, so that that was how that happened. And then from there, you know, I still I still love that song. We just haven't found the right person to to kind of produce it and make it sound the way that it needs to. Okay. Um, but moved from there and then uh, I started working with another one of his friends. He would just come over to the house and I'd play guitar and I had all these songs and we kind of just 
tracked me playing guitar, singing uh, like eight songs that I wrote. And those are somewhere on a drive, hilarious to listen to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was kind of just like finding, you know, my, my sound and how I work with people mm-hmm. uh, in a room. Cause usually it was just myself writing songs with the guitar voice notes. And there's some other song that I made in a studio with a friend of mine, Isaiah. It's the most like Christian poppy, like haha sounding song. And I listening to it now in comparison with the, with like, I love me, I hate me. And all these other songs where they have like this dark element to them. It's just like, yeah. what was, like, what were we doing when we did that? <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what, what year was it when you came out to, to record those, those first songs? Uh, I think it was 20, I want to say the end, no, it was either 2017 or 2018 because I graduated from high school in 2017. So it would have been the tail end of that year, I think. Got it. And then when did you start releasing? So it wasn't until 2019 when you started putting out records? Yeah, it wasn't, you know, obviously I didn't want to put anything out that wasn't, that wasn't good. (laughs) So, you know, we worked on these songs and I was kind of like, uh, kind of finding the way of how I was going to put it out. Um, so yeah, definitely it wasn't until 2019 where we made like Sleep Forever, which was this sweet record. Um, super amazing making that one. Uh, yeah, that was the first song that I ever got to put out as an artist. And uh, having, I worked on that song with, with Ash Reiser and we just, I met him one night and I went over to his house and we just started working on it. It was like, yo, this is going to be so perfect. And the way that the song started, it was like an alternative, like pop, like it had the guitars and like the drums and everything in it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it sounded cool like that. That version is out. I call it the premix because it was before we remixed it to, to have like the, the Tinkerbox at the beginning and be this cool, like dark pop song. That's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, bedroom poppy and, uh, there were so many versions of that song, you know, and then so many different mixes where I was like, you know, this word just isn't sounding right. And it took a little minute to get that finished, but when it was time for it to come out, you know, the people that we showed it to, my brother was really championing for me everywhere. He was like, check out like my sister's song. Like it's crazy. So before it came out, you know, there were people like on the inside who did know about it before. So then when my brother posted it on his Instagram, I would look through the likes to like, see who liked the video of, mm-hmm. of the song on his page. And I was like, like Miguel liked it. And I was like, what the heck? And then I saw black bear liked it. And I was like, Oh my God, like little fangirl moment. Oh, totally. Yeah. So when that happened, I was just kind of like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I think like Macklemore like liked the post too. And I was just like, it's weird. Like these people watch that thing. Like, I don't care if they like know who I am, but they, they saw it, which was, yeah. They heard your voice. I mean, that's pretty incredible. It was really just like a connection to, you know, like celebrities and like famous, like they're just like people like, you know, they're, they're Mm -hmm. discovering things on Instagram the same way that we do, you know, they fuck with it. Yeah. And then Black Bear even jumped on the record, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So talk, <laughs> that was, that, tell me about that. Big dream come true. Um, in 2019, when the first Sleep Forever came out, um, it came out, he found it on Trevor's Instagram because I know that you know, Trevor did some art for Bear back and forth. Um, so they, they were kind of friends. And uh, I remember Bear saw it and he hit my brother and was like, like yo like your sister's like low-key flames and i was like he didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) 
but he did. <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, so then uh, we sent the the file with the open verse over to him because mm-hmm. he was like, like, send it over. So we had like a light chat about a possible like collaboration back in 2019, but obviously life is very busy then. And he's a super busy guy. Like he's, he's popping off. Yeah, that's when he was really, really getting huge. Yeah, and then fast forward into to pandemic COVID, we're all shutting down. And, you know, then we had a little time. So, you know, we brought it back up. And one day we sent sent the file with the open verse over. And then like an hour later, he sent it back with his thing on it. And I was like, all right, like we're moving. Like this is happening. And I remember just, I was uh, sitting on my niece and nephews. I was sitting in their playroom on the floor, like with my phone like this. And then I remember pressing play, sitting in like all these Legos on the ground and just playing it like over and over, like hearing Bear's voice on the song that that was mine. Like I was just sitting there like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like this is a real thing that's happening. And wow. The rest is history. That is so cool. That is so cool. So where were you? Well, so that happened. He he was able to cut the verse during COVID. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. where were you before this? All, like, where were you right when this all happened? Like March, 2020? I was, I was in LA. I was, I was living with my brother and my sister-in-law and my, my nephews and my niece. Uh, so we were just, and then it was like, oh, lockdown tomorrow. We were like, all right, shut the doors, guys. Like, we're in this one. And yeah. Then, did it really affect, did it affect you musically or your music yeah. at all? Or? Yes. <laughs> Okay. But like basically, you know, we were in crazy lockdown because LA was insane. Oh yeah. That it was, you know, we didn't go like outside. We didn't go to the grocery store anymore. We just stopped all of that. So we were just in the house for the longest time, you know. And I, uh, my nephew, I have twin niece and nephew, and they just had turned two at the time. So you know, oh fun toddlers. Then I have. Uh, 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 my oldest nephew was five. He's seven now, so it's okay. crazy amount of time that's passed. Yeah, I have a five-year-old, so I know all about that being in, yeah, so, in, in quarantine. That was so it's still yeah. great. <laughs> canceled. Then it was like homeschool. Oh man, school still going on. Then Zoom we have school. Twins. What a nightmare. Yeah, terrible. So <laughs> all that going on, and it's just kind of like you know, my, my sister-in-law is an artist and she was busy because she had to record, she had to work. And my brother is an artist as well. So, you know, he had to be working and, and doing all this. So we're all like taking turns, taking care of the kids and just making sure that there's food to eat and, and the house is still clean enough that, we, you know, we can move around and yeah, there's, live. Not, there's not toys all over the place. So that was like, it was like a full-time time job for everybody to to move in inward from, you know, being able to take the kids to school and then being out of the house where we have our time, where we can all work on our creative things. And, you know, at that time I had to stop going to the studio because it's COVID and, you know, we got to just yeah. stick within our bubble. So that really, I mean, for six months, like I didn't make any music at all. I think, you know, then the babies were taking naps and when they're napping, you got to be quiet. Then they go to sleep at like eight and then it's like 10 o'clock by the time I get upstairs. So I, I had this little like Shore sent me a package uh, in 2019 and it had like a little USB mic in it. And I remember I'd be like upstairs with my headphones on and uh, the little mic and I'd be like whisper singing ideas into my computer trying to just like record anything so that I wasn't like wasting <laughs> the oh. time of us. Like, you know, so I, I did end up making like two two little songs and uh 
Sony had sent me, they were like, see if you can like cut anything to like these demos. And I remember I like was whisper singing into this thing and I sent it over. <laughs> they were like, yo, this is fire. And I was like, eh, cool. And then they were like, we, we want to put this out. And I was like, you're kidding. That song didn't come out. <laughs> it's just like, I made this upstairs, like a whispering, literally like as quiet <laughs> as I can. Everybody's asleep and the sound travels through the house like crazy. So I'm just okay. sitting up there like, what am I doing? But I mean, it, somebody liked it and yeah. that was cool. And, you know, we just, just kept working from that point of time in, into now. And, you know, I couldn't be recording and stuff. So then that's where the whole trilogy thing came in, where I was talking with the director, Andy Hines, about the visuals and stuff. So I just kind of started making a lot of mood boards and stuff because that was a quiet activity that I could do. So I just make like Pinterest boards full of photos that fit the aesthetic of every visual that I wanted for, for each song and all of that. And, you know, we were just trying to figure out how we could make the videos happen. Mm -hmm. So you had the songs and you knew what songs were going to fit in the trilogy prior to doing the visuals? Yeah, basically okay. that whole project, uh, it was five songs at the beginning. I just went in with Wakayo, the producer, and Riley, um, the other writer on, on the songs. Uh, we went in for five days in November of 2019. So each day we made a song. So oh, that's wow. five songs. And I'm the type of person where if we make a song, it's going to come out because I otherwise we're wasting each other's time. So I like get hyper fixated on whatever we're doing. And I'm like, we're going to finish this because otherwise it's going to go sit in a drive somewhere and have like, be like Maggie Andrew, like day one demo. And then we're never going to open it again. So I was like, these are songs we're doing this. And basically we made an EP that week. And then we kind of like cut it down into the three songs and the other two songs didn't really, they were just like filler songs, you know? So Honda, I love me, I hate me. And then the third part, those are the bulk of everything that we did. So, I mean, I did know it was going to be a project when we were making it, mm -hmm. but definitely I didn't know it was going to end up being a trilogy, but then it did and it made sense. And very, very proud. cool. Very cool. Yeah. So why don't you walk us through the first two, pieces of it so honda honda civic is the first one then uh i love me i hate me tell me about the the visual for honda civic in the second one i mean funny story andy the director he's also from nova scotia and i went we went back to nova scotia to film these videos um wow i got what was that like that must have been kind of emotional it was nuts because I hadn't been back there for like three three years at that point. Yeah. So Andy reached out while they were still out here. They're like, we're going back to Nova Scotia. You want to come with us? So I was like, yeah, let's go. So I moved in with them for two months and then we fly back to Nova Scotia and we're here. And, you know, Andy had the had the day one um, mix of Honda Civic and I sent it to him immediately. 2019 He's like, I'm doing the visuals for these. And I was like, heck yeah, you are. So for <laughs> For like two years, you know, we're talking about making this video. We're like, but we got to go back to Nova Scotia because literally in the line where I go, remember when I left from Nova Scotia, like we have to go. So then we're back there. And we're like, all right, we're doing this now. So, you know, we filmed all the videos in Nova Scotia, which was, you know, it's kind of a trip where I left there and came out to LA and I never went back. So it was really nice to like be in my hometown filming mm -hmm videos that's where I came from and you know everybody on the cruise from Nova Scotia and it's just like such a good vibe making that so Honda you know insane probably my favorite video of the whole thing um 
It's actually not. I love me. I hate me is my favorite, but Honda, <laughs> just the premise, like that was the video, like that was what set the whole thing off. So, you know, we're, we're in, uh, I forget the place where it's called, where we're filming, but we're in this little small town, like with this Honda, this red Honda Civic, you know, driving down this dirt road. Andy's in the back, like crunched up like an accordion, just going, whip it, whip it, drive faster. So I'm like, on this road, <laughs> car, like crazy. Like, he's like, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Like, I was going too fast. So I was like, oh, like, you know, we waited two years for this. I'm going fast. Sure. So, <laughs> I got to do a little bit of my own, like, stunt driving for that which was really amazing and um obviously hondas are very just there's a lot of emotions in that video so on the day with the scenes with the boyfriend where he's yelling at me and, and we're in this room you know there's like the cocaine on the table all the alcohol bottles people had to leave the set because they were getting really like affected by what was happening in triggered that room. It like, yeah it was just like reliving trauma but in a mm -hmm. controlled environment so you know there were points in time where Dave, the actor who played my boyfriend in the video, you know, he'd be yelling at me and like the vein is popping out of his forehead. Like he's like in this role. And I'm like, oh my God. And we had to just like take a break because I was like, this is very freeing, like being able to to relive this and choose my own ending, you know, where like yeah. I'm not like this and I can walk away. And um, filming that video was really, it was like closure for, for that time. Cause I just got to, the magic of film is you don't have to relive your life exactly to a point, mm -hmm. you know, you get to take the car and go crash your boyfriend's car and roll it into a ditch because, you know, whatever, <laughs> take back whatever's yours. And yeah, so that was, that was a really amazing video. I mean, it was really a huge part of my story and probably therapeutic, I, I would assume. Yeah, very much, very much. Yeah. Wow. Um, that part was really important. You know, it wasn't, glamorous at all it was very it, just, it was just very real you know there was no like huge costumes or like crazy makeup it was all very day-to-day -day. this is what I look like at that point in time this is what I was going through and you know this is me just leaving it behind mm -hmm. and then we move into I love me I hate me which is a little right. more glamorous and fun yeah you yeah it's the, <laughs> the story the story continues at the pizza the pizza shop yeah. So the pizza shop was, you know, we did, we weren't able to do the coffee shop because we had to get like all these showcases and stuff and we didn't have enough time to get that. So they rented out this location that actually was a restaurant, um, which was super cool. It was like super like old, like vibes in there. So we're in there, you know, I've never folded a pizza box in my life. So they're like, <laughs> for, they're literally like for this shot, you know, you're going to be folding the boxes. And I was like, wait, but like, I actually don't know how to do this because it was never my job. <laughs> right, right. So, you fold them? They're like, no, no, no. Just like try it for the first time on camera because it'll look real if you, you literally don't know how. So I'm sitting there like folding these boxes, trying to figure it out and, and, you know, just stacking the boxes up. And the woman who was playing my manager, she was scary. Like I told her to her face. I was like, <laughs> you're, you're like literally like, a scary manager. You have manager eyes. I'm yeah. afraid of you. <laughs> You're like, I would not work for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was actually very nice. But anyway, you know, that part is, is, um, I used to work at the coffee shop, you know, I hated that job, mm -hmm. dead end job. I didn't see myself working there for a long time. Any regular job I've had, I was good at it. I just knew that, you know, I'm not going to be in a uniform for the rest of my life, right. pouring coffee in a cup for people that's not for me so 
I had to quit a few of those jobs. And in that video, you know, I got to quit the way that I would have if that was appropriate in the workplace. So I, she told me, she's like, you can't hear the audio, but it's so funny. She comes up, she's like, if you're going to fold the pizza boxes like that, you know, you just can't work here. And like telling me all, all this crazy stuff. It's just bad. Your attitude's terrible. You can't be sitting on the stairs. And I'm like, like I just want to cry because I'm actually feel like I'm bad at this job. So I get to take these pizza boxes and he's behind the camera just going, just throw them, throw them. So I'm just throwing the boxes all over the place. One actually happened to hit her in the face by accident. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> bad. Um, we had a cooler full of drinks. So uh, Andy said, he says, go over there and just grab a bunch of drinks out of the fridge, you know, tell her that you're taking them with you. So I'm just grabbing cream sodas and iced teas and just walking away. And every, we filmed that a few times. So I just got to drink like, five cream sodas at 10 in the morning like a crazy person <laughs> so I get to quit my job the way that I I would I would have in my head you know when you explain mm -hmm. you're like yeah quit that job that's what right. people think so I got to do that and that was also a very fun thing um you know it just goes to the storyline of that was my life in Nova Scotia I was working at this job and then when I wasn't working I'd be the scenes in the bedroom with me playing the guitar and writing the song that's what I would be doing in my free time was writing songs, playing guitar, kind of trying to figure out, you know, imagining myself in the life that it, it flips back and forth between, you know, hopping out of the, the car with, uh, with my security, walking into a building after a show with this big fur coat on, like hair done, nails done, everything just insane, paparazzi over there, all these cars, and just, you know, imagining that, that type of life and still with the lyrics, you know, having those feelings of like anxiety and like, why am I here? You know, those kind of follow you no matter where you go. So it's moving from me being in my room, writing those songs about those feelings. And that's kind of where those songs are taking me. And mm -hmm. uh, no matter where, like you're always like, where I came from, that's always gonna be where I came from. The things that happened to me, they're always gonna be a part of my story. So no matter, how much success, how much money, how much fame you have, that's still part of you, you know, and nothing will matter if you don't fuel your joy with something that you love doing. So whatever that is, if it's cooking, you know, playing guitar just for fun, just not being about work all the time. So in my old life, you know, my life was work all the time because <laughs> I had to go to work to make money, to pay the car insurance, pay rent, get groceries, do whatever. And I was miserable. So kind of, you know, I took the risk, you know, starving artists. That's a very real thing. I quit those jobs. I had no money for the longest time, you know, but I was making music and that was making me happy. And that's kind of where that song like was very inspired by the day that we wrote that, you know, I'd go in and tell a story and explain the feelings that I was feeling. Um, every night, Kyle, the producer, he'd be like, go home and just write. And in the morning before you come here, just write, write something down. So I write in a journal anyway. So I'd come in. And I'd share my journal entry and then we'd be like, all right, like you wrote down, like, I love me. I hate, but I hate myself sometimes. Let's run off that. And that's kind of where that song came from. And then obviously we're like, I am a bad bitch. And like, I'm all these things. Like I am a powerful person. So we moved into that for the second verse where we're like, let's not be so like negative self-talk because. Yeah. Like self-deprecating. Yeah. It's very, you know, you can feel those things, but your feelings always, they're telling you something. So like, mm -hmm. if I'm angry, 
usually I just let my anger like make me like I'll go and write it down for a long time and then I'm, there's something in there that I can write a song about so I just let the my feelings be motivation and motivate me to do more because obviously I don't want to be an angry person or a sad person but you can't help but feel that way sometimes so just kind of like let my feelings push me into something better and that's what they did when we were making those songs so very grateful for that yeah that's really inspiring i mean to to take all of that i mean really to take all of that and really you know yeah. be able to to flip it and and create your own ending now for for some yeah. of these traumatic situations you were in yeah. I mean, you just have to be honest with yourself. Like, that's all that it is. It's very, like, it's really hard to be honest with yourself because for a long time I was, oh, that happened. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't affect me, whatever. But then when you, you sit with yourself for a long time, you know, and you're, you're by yourself, you think about those things a lot. Those are the things that you think about when you're alone and you're in bed at night and you're just staring at the ceiling. Like, you're thinking about those things. So it took me a while, you know, I was in high school for a long time. You're around your friends most of the, that time. You're at work, you're, you're around people. So you don't have a lot of that time, but then moved away. And then I just had a lot of time to think about those things and really reflect on what had happened to me in my life. And I just sat with it for a little while. And I was like, you know, those things are a part of, of who I am, but they aren't what I am. And, you know, mm-hmm. I get to pick how, how I talk about those things with people and, if I want to talk about them at all. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just went through this, these feelings of, you know, it's hard to talk about, but someone needs to. So I just kind of, you know, sacked up and was like, all right, I'm ready. Like, let's go all in. And mm-hmm. cause I can't, can't hold it in anymore. Cause if you do, you know, you just build up and then you just like have a meltdown. So I was like, let's just get it out and let's do something positive with it and make music and, and write about it and talk about it and just be open because if I had had somebody back then who was like, you know, telling me, you know, this relationship really sucks for you and you shouldn't, you should leave. Like, how can I help you? If I had that, you know, I wouldn't have been there for that long. Or if I had had someone that I felt okay with to like go and talk to about my dad, you know, who was like, it's okay to talk about those things because you can free yourself by doing that. You know, whenever it's, it's time for you to do that, I'm here. So I didn't really have, have that back then. So if I had that now, or if I can be that person for someone now, it's kind of like, why not talk about it? Because, you know, don't lie to yourself. You just have to be honest. It's hard, but it's totally worth it. And it's really important. You're doing amazing things. And the, the songs that you've been writing are incredible. And I, thank you for being so vulnerable and, and telling this story. I mean, a lot I mean it's hard it means to a not. lot I mean, wow <laughs> it's I mean it's a story like you can't not tell this you can't put those videos out and people be like hmm what's that about I'm like I don't know you gotta just tell the story that was a big part of the trilogy where it was like you know we're gonna make this people are gonna ask questions mm-hmm. what are we gonna say and I'm like we're gonna say everything you know it's a big story but whatever people want to know you know it's there to talk about and it's like it's a taboo subject but somebody has to talk about it and it's right. just gonna be talked about more anyway just because you know everybody's feeling feelings all the time yeah and relatable to a lot of people i could imagine yeah Yeah. thank you for 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 sharing that wow thank you for wanting Uh, to share it no of course um and so obviously there's one more video coming and another song which is exciting to see how the the saga wraps up the the trilogy wraps up we're all pretty excited for that and again thank you so much for doing this 
Do you have any, I mean, now stuff's opening up around LA and, and across the country. Like, do you have any plans for playing some shows or, or doing anything um, like that? Like what do you have coming up besides from the, the third I mean, piece of the, the story? I got new music like coming. I love it. Like I have a ton of new music ready to go. Um, I mean, once trilogy wraps up, I'm definitely, I'm very excited to see what happens with the third part. Um, so I'm kind of like stoked to just see the whole project as a whole and see everyone's reaction to it. Um, from that, I mean, I don't have any plans to do any shows right now. I mean, stuff's still kind of opening up. I'm right. still trying to figure out what's what's up with life. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> the other day, I went I went to Target, and you know, you see people not wearing masks anymore. It's just like wow, like this is like gonna be a normal thing again, where we, you know we're vaccinated and we can do whatever we want. It's weird. And, yeah, and then I, I went to the beach and I walked around the pier the other day and there's just so many people there. And usually, like, I love being around people, but just though that was the most most people I've been around for over a year and a half. So I was just walking and I was, like, looking at everything, just kind of, like, I had anxiety for a minute. I was like, what, like, what's going on? There's just so many people here. So, you know, slightly easing back into being around so many people and, and I mean, it's mostly just, like, feeling safe about mm-hmm. where you are and everything, so... I mean, I would love to be doing some shows, so definitely that will be happening. But Can't wait. And thank you so much, Maggie, for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I have, yeah, I have one more question for you before I let you go. Uh, If you have any advice for aspiring artists. Right. (laughs) Just write all the time. I mean, 2019 was the year that everything changed for me. You just have to, I have journals full of my feelings you know if I'm feeling sad I just write it down but at the end I'd always put like I still belong here like I deserve this good things are happening for me and the way I got into everything that's happening now I really do believe that it was because I just wrote about it so much that my mind just got really focused on it and I focused in on what I wanted you know I spent a lot of time meditating and, and manifesting what I wanted I'd write down everything and then it kind of all started to happen because I wanted it so bad for myself and you know just if I couldn't actively do something I was like somehow putting something into the universe that brought it to me so definitely just write and write a lot nothing has to be happy just write about your feelings and just write how you feel because you know somebody else's feel no one feels happy all the time or you know there's somebody out there who can relate to how you're feeling right now so definitely just write a lot and be honest with yourself because being genuine and, and real is very important I think in the entertainment space you know So that's definitely, that's what helped me. So hopefully.